And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Ephesians. The New Testament book of Ephesians in chapter number 3. We've been in a series, and this is the last little part of it, of the vision of our God. And this last one is a good one to end up on. Talking about the vision of our God, leading into our new series starting on Sunday night of the vision of the work. And this is a good transition one. This is one that if you pay attention and you listen, you'll probably see something you haven't seen before and go, wow, what a God. This is that type of message. And I'm praying that God would put a spirit in here and do the same thing that we all are in awe and saying, wow, what a God. And so with that in mind, turn with me to the book of Ephesians in chapter number 3. The book of Ephesians in chapter number 3, and if you wouldn't mind, notice with me starting at verse number 1. Ephesians chapter number 3, and in verse number 1, the word of God says this. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me, you word, how by the revelation he made known Unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof... I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me who am less than the least of all the saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men to see what is the fellowship of the mystery which was from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord and whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love... may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, mark a word that appears fairly often in this passage here, starting at verse number 3, the word mystery. The word mystery. And with the Lord's help, I'd like to preach to you what this is saying in its context. The mystery of the church. The mystery 
of the church. And with the Lord's help, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for that eternal grace that you give us. And Lord, I come to you and I beg that you come here and that you help. Lord, my voice is weak and been sickly. I'm asking that you would give me such grace and such strength and such power to be able to preach and not have to cough or spit or sputter, but you would take care of it, Lord, and that it wouldn't be a distraction. It wouldn't be a hindrance. I'm asking that you would reveal yourself in such a way that just like when I first understood this, that I went, wow, and my jaw dropped and I went, wow, what a God. I'm asking that you would wow us today, that you would amaze us today with the great God that you are and that we would realize that when we're part of a church, we're part of something great, something big, something old, something amazing. Lord, I'm asking that you would help do what only you can do tonight and that you would get all glory and honor from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The mystery of the church. Now, when you're a part of a local New Testament church, you're a part of something big. You're a part of something amazing. You're a part of something old. You are part of something that is just a wowing thing. You know, sometimes we look in a church like this and we're a little bit small at the moment and had a couple of hiccups and stuff, a couple of things that may have happened through the last year. You got a new pastor and new things going on and you may look and say, is it really worth it? What's going on? You know, and kind of look and say, poor pitiful us. You may look and say, you know, are we really matter we're just so small well i want to tell you when you're a part of a local church you're a part of something big you're a part of something amazing you're a part of something that goes wow and i want to show you about that tonight now before we start i need to put some context in here the book of ephesians has the theme of unity in the brethren to put unity together uh endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace You see, in the church of Ephesus, they had two different crowds. And you can almost imagine, use your imagination with me, that they had a church, maybe it's set up sort of like this, it was a house church, but for the sake of illustration, they had a division in this church. They had on this side, okay, so all those people on this side, raise your hand. You guys would be the Gentiles. Most of the people in Ephesus would be the Gentiles, so that you're the non-Jewish people of the church. Then over here, you had a different crowd. You would be, raise your hand if you're over here, you're the Jewish crowd. You're, you're the Jewish crowd. Now, the thing is that the Jewish people had been taught all of their life that they were God's special people. Look at me. I'm one of God's children. I'm the one who carries all of God's promises. And so they felt they were the elitist. They thought there was something special. They thought, hey, look, God loves us more than everyone else. And so they had a little bit more of a a pride issue. And to top it off, that the Jewish people looked at everyone who was a non-Jewish person or a Gentile person, they saw the Gentiles, this crowd over here, as dogs, And so they understand that the Gentiles could get saved. That was settled. 
But still, that raising and that upbringing had a division. So the elitist would sit over here. We don't want to sit by the dogs. We want to stay away from the dogs. And the people over here say, hey, we're saved. What's their problem? But there was a division in the church. And they would, Jewish people would sit over here. The Gentiles would sit over here. And there wasn't that unity that should have been in a church. So the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing the book of Ephesus to try to endeavor to keep the peace, to put unity in the bonds of love, to try to put them together and to teach them something. God is using this opportunity of a division. By the way, if you haven't figured it out, the epistles in the New Testament were written to churches because they had problems. Every single one of them, got uh, their writing because there's an issue in the church that needs to be corrected. And because there's an issue, God is using this to reveal a secret that was amazing. He says, this is the time to do it. Why there's an issue, why there's something here, let's take care of the problem and let's reveal something amazing to them. And so for the first two chapters, it's no big deal. You can might imagine they've gathered together. The pastor of the church of Ephesus at the time said, Oh, look, we got a letter from the Apostle Paul. And everyone's so excited. Many of the people said, Oh, Paul led me to the Lord. Oh, I can't wait to hear from his letter. Oh, let's go. And so the pastor would unroll the scroll and begin to read the letter that's written to this church. And for the first two chapters, there's no problems. It's talking about salvation and that, that faith, um, uh, that salvation is through faith and uh, by grace and not of ourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. And everyone's saying, amen, preacher, this is good stuff. There's a lot of stuff for the Jewish people. The Jewish people are eating it all up. And then in chapter 3, everything comes to a screeching halt. Because he addresses both the Jews and the Gentiles in this passage. The first thing I'd like to show you is the revelation of the mystery. The revelation of the mystery. Notice with me in verse number 1. Chapter 3, verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. So in the first two chapters, he's been addressing everyone and the Jewish people have been eating it up. Now he goes and says, wait, wait, wait. I have a special message for you Gentiles. You can almost imagine this side of the church sitting up in their seats and said, all right, Paul's got something for us. And they're ready to hear what is Paul going to tell us. He's got a special message for us. So they're getting ready. They're listening. All right, I want to hear. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me the word, how by the revelation he had made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote in a a few words. Notice that word mystery. Now, we use the word mystery a little bit different. We have mystery books and mystery novels and movies and whatever else. But the Bible word mystery means something that was previously hid but is now revealed. Something that is previously hid but is now revealed. And so he says, I want to tell you something that was previously hid, but now God wants everyone to know. Oh, they get to know a mystery. Oh, I get to know a secret. Oh, God, Paul's addressing to the Gentiles and he's got a special secret. And so they're sitting up and says, oh, I want to hear this. I want to hear what this mystery is. He says in verse four, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. 
Paul is saying, oh, this is so good. And when you hear about it, you're going to go, wow. You're going to say, Paul's known all about it now. He's going to tell us about it, and it's going to click, and it's going to be amazing. Verse number five, (laughs) notice he says, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man, but is now revealed unto the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Notice the word mystery in verse 3 and the mystery in verse number 4 where it says the mystery of Christ. You want to know what this mystery is? This mystery is the church. When we use the word church, we're talking about the institution of the church, the local church. This is what he's referring to. He's saying the assembling together. This is the mystery that God has previously hidden, but is now revealed the mystery of the church. Notice in verse number 5, which in other ages, the Old Testament times, was not made known unto men. Do you know that the church was not revealed in the Old Testament? It was not hinted at. It was not foreshadowed. It was not prophesied. It was something completely hidden. The Old Testament saints did not see it coming. The prophets, the men who walked with God, did not see the church. Now, this is important distinction, that there is a difference between Israel and the church. We understand in the Bible there are three different audiences. There's the Hebrew people, there's the Christians, and the Gentiles. And you have to be careful where you're reading at that you apply the things that go to the Jews to the Jews, to the Christians to the Christians, and to the Gentiles the Gentiles. For example, God promised the Hebrew people the land in the Palestine area. He did not promise that to the church. Guess what? We don't inherit Jerusalem. We don't get Canaan land. That is reserved for the Hebrew people. God made a promise to them. And we have to be careful for our Bible interpretation that we have to be careful that we make sure that the Gentiles get their promises, the Christians get their promises, and the Hebrew people get their their things. And it's important to note that the church was not revealed, not according to Pastor Bockhaus, but according to the Bible, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 5, the church was not revealed in the Old Testament. This was something that God had hidden, but is now revealed. By the way, as a little side note, this is why it was required for the Jews to have signs and wonders. This is why they spoke in tongues and had prophecies and healings, because the Jewish people required a sign to show that the New Testament church was of God. They needed God's approval. And so the healings and the tongues that's found in the New Testament was for the Jewish people to prove that the church was of God. That's why we don't have the signs and the healings and the other stuff today. We call them the sign gifts because they were for the Jewish people to prove the church. They needed that approval, that hand of God in order to add to the scriptures, in order to add this new concept because it was not revealed before time. It was something that was not there. So we see the revelation of the mystery that it was hidden before time, but now has been revealed. Now the Gentiles are at the edge of their seat. All right, Paul, he's talking about the church. This is something, when we're part of a church, it's something that God had hidden, but now he's revealed, and we get to be a part of it. But notice this. The second thing, the fellowship of the mystery. 
before we had the revelation of the mystery. Now we have the fellowship of the mystery. This is where it gets good. Notice verse 6. Now, before we read verse 6, okay, we had the Jewish crowd over here, right? And the Jewish crowd thought they were the best. They were God's special people. And they saw the Gentiles as dogs. They looked down at them. They didn't understand the dogs got saved, but they couldn't understand how they kind of fit in together. And so they had their own crowd, and the Gentiles were in their own crowd. But again, they still saw them as dogs and God's people. Notice in verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. At this verse right here, some Jewish lady just fainted in there. What did he say? That the Gentiles, these dogs, should be fellow heirs? That I'm God's special people and all of a sudden these dogs get to inherit some of the same things I do? Notice this. And of the same body? God, don't you understand that these Gentiles, they're not clean. The Old Testament law said the Jewish people couldn't even eat with the Gentiles because they're dogs. They're not clean. How can they be part of the same body? Literally, the Jewish people are like, what? They're all listening now. Some Jewish ladies fainted. They're fanning her right now. What? That the Gentiles and us are of the same body? What happened? What's going on? He's got everyone's attention now. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs under the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ. How? By the gospel. That when people come to the Lord, you don't get saved because you're Jewish. You don't get saved because of the law. You don't get saved because of a bloodline. You don't get saved because your parents are saved. You're saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That He died for each and every one of us. You don't inherit Christianity. You choose Christianity by faith because of the finished work of Christ and what He did on Calvary. Everyone comes to Christ. There are no grandchildren in God's family. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Everyone who's accepted the Lord, there's no distinction. We're the same. We all got saved the same way. There's no special privileges. We're part of the same body at that time. Notice as it goes on. Paul explains a little bit more, letting him breathe for a second. He says, Wherefore, I was made a minister according to the gift of God, a gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of the power. He says, I get to be a minister. I get to tell people about the gospel. They get to be saved. Now notice verse 8. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. He says, hey, God has given me the great privilege that I get to go to the Gentiles, they get to be saved, and they get to be part of the same body. He says, I get a great job. And I'm a nobody who gets to tell somebody how a, someone can save anybody. He says, I'm just glad I get to be used. Now notice this. Verse number uh, <coughs> 9. Notice this. And, so what else does he get to do? And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which was at the beginning of the world, hidden in God, 
who created all things by Christ Jesus. Notice this, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the ministry. What is the fellowship? It is the unity of people getting together. Now, I want you to look up and I want you to look around the room. You know, we come from different backgrounds and different likes and dislikes. For example, I'm a nerd. Most of you on a normal thing would not hang out with me. Probably wouldn't have the same interest. I say, let's go to the bookstore and go study. And you're like, let's not. All right. I don't come from Green Bay or Wisconsin. If I had my choice, I'd be in Phoenix, Arizona. But God said, come up here. And by the way, that's fine. I'm glad for God's will. But, you know, we come from different backgrounds. We're different ages. Some of you, we're not the same age. On a normal thing, you wouldn't hang out with a young whippersnapper as me. We're not the same age. We're, we have different backgrounds, different likes. Some of our kids may be different age. Some of the other things. We, we may live in different parts of town. But you know what the one thing is? What the fellowship of the mystery is? We have all gathered here today for the one purpose of worshiping Christ. We have something in common because of the gospel. Because we all got saved the same way. We can all come and fellowship together. Different backgrounds, different beliefs, different way of being raised. All these other stuff that brings us together because of the fellowship. Think about this church. You have the Jewish people and the Gentile people who can worship God together, even though at one time they were taught that there was such a distinction and they couldn't hang out. Now they can come together because of Christ. Wasn't that a wonderful thing? Notice this at the end of verse 9. Which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. You know what this means? The church isn't plan B. God had in mind the church from the very beginning of creation. Before he created the world, he saw in his mind people gathering together from different backgrounds, assembling in one place to worship God. Isn't that amazing to think about? That you're here today not because of how good-looking I am or anything. You're here today. We've assembled here because of what Christ has done for us. And we're gathered together, and we can say, Praise the Lord. Thank you for what God has done. We can worship God together. But we're not done yet. That's pretty amazing. And it wasn't plan B, but God had it in His mind the whole time, but He didn't reveal it. Remember, this is a mystery. I want to show you. Don't you like mysteries when you get at the end and you finally figured out who done it? And you say, oh, there it is. God didn't lay any clues. You know, he kept it secret from man, but he kept it secret from heaven, too. Notice the next verse. Now, this is where your English classes are going to have to come in tension. To the intent now, for, for the purpose of, that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Do you know that there's other beings other than us? There are angels up in heaven. There are seraphims. There's cherubims. There's the archangel. There's all their classes of angels. That all the host of heaven, to the intent now, that now we're not looking at human wise, we're going up and to the intent now that the principalities and powers up in heaven, in heavenly places, notice this, might be known by the church. Notice the phrase by the church. That is a prepositional phrase that what that does is modify. We won't do disservice if we... Take that by the church. We lift that out 
and let's set it aside right now and just read it, that it might be known the manifold wisdom of God. Notice this, that God has designed by the church that the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known the manifold wisdom of God. How? By the prepositional phrase, by the church. Do you know what's happening up in heaven right now? We're having a church service. But up in heaven, they're watching this church service. And the angels who don't understand redemption, they don't understand how sinful man like you and I, who shook our fist at God and said, leave me alone, I want to do my own thing, can get saved. Then once we get saved, we voluntarily assemble together in this church and we worship God. And you know what the principalities and powers, those angels up in heaven are doing right now? They're looking down at this church service here in Seymour. And they're going, wow, what a God. Only God could have done this. Only God could have took sinful, wretched man and assembled them together to worship God. You know, every time we have a church service, the angels are still saying, only God could have done this. Only God could have put this together. Only God could have put this people together from different backgrounds and different places and different ages and put them together. Only God. You know, when you're part of a church, you're part of something amazing. You're part of something big. You're part of something that's beyond this world that it still amazes the angels. And they see God's wisdom because of this assembly here. You see, when you're part of a local church, you're a part of something amazing. You're a part of something that makes the angels go, wow, what a God. Don't take lightly you're a member of this church. It doesn't matter the size of the church. It matters as likeness of Christ. And the more like a Christ which church is, the more the angels go, wow. Only God could have done that. Only God. And God had this in mind from the very beginning of creation. And he didn't tell the angels. He didn't say, hey, I got a secret. He said, watch and see, I got something good. And when the church came about, when we're having a church service tonight, you may not have felt like coming. There could have been something going on, but you came anyways. And the angels are still going, wow. What a God. Only God. If the angels are still amazed about our church here, don't you think you should be too? Don't you think that we're part of this church? We're part of something amazing, part of something big, part of something old, part of something that was God's plan the whole time. Wow. By the church, it shows the manifold wisdom of God. Verse 11. According to the eternal purpose, which He purposed, in Christ Jesus our Lord. This was God's eternal purpose. And whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of Him. He says this was in God's plan. Jesus had it in mind. This is what happened. We have the fellowship of the mystery. That we can come together as sinful man who's been redeemed, been saved, forgiven of our sins. And we can gather together to worship God. And on the heaven side they're looking down at this church service. You didn't know so many things were looking at you in this church service. Watching you in this church service. Watching what you're doing. And they're going, wow. Only God could have put this together. Only God could have done this. 
So now we talked about the mystery of the church and the fellowship of the church. Now we see the reaction to this mystery. Basically, how does the church help us? Knowing that the church is something amazing, something big, something all-striking, what should being part of this local church do for you? Notice, if you wouldn't mind, starting in verse 13. <clears throat> wherefore, so because of all this I just told you, wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Notice that word faint. He says the first thing that being a part of a local church should do is help you not to faint. That word faint is an old Bible word that means don't quit. He says, when you're part of a church and you realize how amazing that church is, you know what it's going to do? It's going to help you not to quit. It's going to help you not to quit the Lord, to keep going on. When you realize sometimes we get in the flesh and sometimes Satan says, it's not worth it to show up at church. You're tired. You've had a hard day. You deserve to relax. You need a break. You know what? It helps you not to quit You know, when you realize, hey, the angels are watching to see if I'm showing up. The angels are waiting for me to join part of that church. The angels are showing up. Help me not to quit church. Help me to be faithful. Help keep showing up because of the church and what it is. When you're a part of a church, you're a part of something big, something awesome, something old, something that was in God's mind. Helps you not to quit. What else? Because of this church. Notice verse 16. Uh, I'll read context sake. Wherefore that I desire that you faint not at the tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with his might by the Spirit in the inner man. The second thing, what does being a part of a church do? It helps us to be strengthened. Help us, us to be strengthened in the Lord. Do you know I have never seen a strong Christian who's not part of a church, who's not faithful to church. It can not happen. You cannot be a strong Christian without being faithful to church. We need church to keep us strengthened in the Lord, to keep us faithful, to keep us worshiping God. Some people like to try to put objections to that, but I say, prove me wrong. You can't find a Christian who is strong in the Lord, who is not faithful in the church. It can happen. When you're part of a church, it helps you strengthen up. It helps you keep going. That's why a Wednesday night's so important. It's like that little tent peg in a tent to keep it from caving in. You need it to go, to last from Sunday to Sunday. You need a Wednesday night service. Dr. Lee Robertson said you need three to thrive. Show up to all three services. You need them. We need the strengthening. We need the encouragement. We need the hope. We need that fellowship. We need the stuff. It helps strengthen us in our Christian walk. It helps us not to quit. It helps us to be strengthened. Notice the next verse, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts in faith, and that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. The second thing here is to be rooted and grounded in love. You know, when you're part of a church and you realize how amazing it is, it helps you to realize how much God loved you. That you were a sinner. Think about that. You were a sinner just like I was. And there was times that you shook your fist at God and said, I don't care what you say, I'm going to do my own thing. 
and God still saved you, and He still allows you to come and worship Him, and gives you the privilege of serving Him, because He's such a great God. Do you understand how much love it took to love someone as unlovely as we are? Think about how much we fail God. Even as Christians, we mess up, and He puts up with us, and He still loves us. Isn't that a great love? I mean, I wouldn't put up with me. You probably wouldn't put up with you. But God still hasn't struck us dead. Aren't you glad for it? God loves us so much. And we need to realize, being part of a church, it helps remind us how much God loves us. The depth of His love. That it be that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height that we can understand how much God loves us and loves everyone else. Notice in verse number 19. And to know, notice that word know, to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Oh, you know what church helps us to do is to help us to know that love of Christ. Not only to be rooted and grounded, but helps us to know that love of Christ. Notice the next thing in that verse. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you know that God has so much more for us than what we usually desire for ourselves? And God wants us to have all of it. He wants us to have his power. He wants us to have his might. He wants us to have all the things that he wants to give to us. And you know what church does? Helps us to remind that God has so much more for us than what we currently have. Not saying that he wants to go write you a million dollar check or anything, but you know... Wouldn't it be better to have God's power? Wouldn't it be better to have God's spirit? Wouldn't it be better to be able to go out and let God use you in a special way? That God wants us to have that. He wants us to be used and he has so much for us and we can be filled with the fullness of God. Notice verse 20. Now unto him which is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think. Think about that. God is able to do above and beyond more than we could even think or ask. According to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. You know another reason to be faithful to church? Because it brings glory to God. It brings glory to God. It shows God that God is worthy of it all. That we come here and we take time on a Wednesday night, on a Sunday, Sunday night, Sunday school. We gather together and it says that God is worth it. And God gets praise and glory because we're singing to Him. We're lifting up our voices. We're paying attention to His Word. We're saying, Lord, use me. Speak to me. God gets glory from this by the church. You see, the mystery here is the church. The mystery is, is that God can save a bunch of people from different backgrounds and assemble them together as part of one group. And when that happens, it gets rid of all this other stuff because we all come to the Jesus Christ the same way through the blood of, shed, of his shed lamb that he died for us. And we had to willingly accept that free gift. There's no one who's better or worse than anyone else in here as it comes to the family of God. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We all come together in Him. And there should be a unity here because it Christ is the foundation we all have. And we get to come and assemble God together. 
When you're a part of a local church, you're a part of something old. You're a part of something big. You're a part of something pretty amazing. And we should be determined to be faithful to this local church. Because this is what God put us to. And God wants to use us. And God wants to help us. And we should be used of God to bring even more glory to Him. To tell people about the Lord. Bring Him in. You know, when you have a church that is full. A church that has everyone serving God. Isn't that an amazing thing? But you know, God is and the angels are still wowed. Even at this size. They're still looking down and going, wow. What a God. Do you know that the angels, just think about that. The angels are wowed at our service tonight. Some of you may not be wowed. Some of you are kind of, let me tell you, God is, the angels are wowed. The angels are saying, God, wow. What a God. What a God. Aren't you thankful for it? This should just encourage you to be faithful to church. We're going to start a new series on the vision of the work, but it starts here with the church because this is what God had in mind for us. And we get to serve him through the church and that all the angels keep going, wow, every time we meet. I hope church is that important to you, that it's something you look forward to because it wows the angels, because this is what God had planned and that you get strength and you get all the benefits for being a part of this local church. And what God has for you. How's your heart? Let me just ask you. Some of you show up bodily week after week. Service after service. But is your heart in it? I mean is it something that you think is important? Some of the kids may be saying. I'm just raised on drugs. My mom drugs me to church. Every Sunday. Every Wednesday. They just drug me here and drag me here. Is your heart into it? Is this something you see as amazing like the angels do? Maybe it's not just children. Maybe it's adults. Maybe you just show up here because you know everyone else is going to look for you if you don't show up. Maybe you just show up because it's just something you're supposed to do. Is your heart still in the thing? Is your heart still saying, this is what God has for me? We need to go back and see that it's bigger than us. You may say, no one knows we're here. All of heaven is watching our service and going, wow, what a God. You're not wasting your time by showing up to the Riverview Baptist Church. This is not a waste of time. This is something that amazes the angels to this day. When you're a part of a local church, you're a part of something big, something amazing, something wowing, something important. Settle in your mind. This is important.